You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. same as how you're giving you know how you're sucking bass it's no different and the nice thing is to think of it as it's just different types of lips because realistically when you look at your lip it's two cells that are meeting same concept the s is exactly the same so i think that really thinking along those lines which is well when you are sucking face we're doing a lot of rolls and circles or just outside and then going in there's all these different techniques Welcome to Honey Do Me, a podcast that goes into the bedroom and beyond, hosted by Emma Norman and Cass Anderson. Here at Honey Do Me, we don't have all the answers, so we chat with experts, educators, and badass changemakers to get them. We are here to remind our listeners and ourselves that what we're going through is normal, that we are worthy of love and pleasure, and that we are all in this together. So tell us, honey, how do you do you? Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> hello, sassy folks. It's your host. <laughs> Anyways, hi. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? It's rainy here. It is rainy, uh, but I started on SSRIs this week. So, <laughs> you know. So it's sunny in your mind. Inside, uh, it's there's some clouds, but uh, we're working through it. I've got a couple more weeks before we can make a final decision. But we'll see. But I'm excited to take you along this journey. <laughs> see if I can orgasm still. still. I was thinking yeah. about that last night, and I like started to have a little panic because I've been really excited about these. Uh-huh. Um, you know why I, yeah. I suffer yeah. <laughs> from sure. anxiety, uh-huh. depression. Um, but yeah, I'm nervous about the orgasm part because because you you love an orgasm. Have That's you tried to masturbate at all? No, I'm on my period too, so mm. I also feel crampy. Um, so I'm gonna give myself this time, and then once I'm a little deeper into that pill bottle, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> couple see. more days in, yeah, I'll yeah whip out my handy dandy satisfier pro 2 mm-hmm. and see if she's still awake see what magic happens yeah that's fair yeah and i'm excited for you in your new journey thank you as i've told you and if your dog eats through my cord Todd rose i will skin him to make a coat you have my full permission <laughs> i will be corella deville on this man um so in the spirit of this week's episode mm-hmm Let's talk a little bit about what we're talking about this week, and then I'll give you an update for me. Okay, we're heading back again to the ass. Heading to the back. We're going to back that ass up. And we're starting to get a little bit more specific. Mm -hmm. Um, We're focusing on fingers and mouth eating ass. Analingus. Fingering ass, eating ass. (laughs) Just two of my favorite activities. Yes. I've actually never done either. Um, (laughs) But... That's what we're talking about today. We're Mm -hmm. very excited about it. And you have something maybe related. I'm very excited to hear this story. Go. 
So I was waiting for you to say go. Oh. Um, yes, <laughs> go. I do. So I was debating on waiting to tell you, but I'm excited. A creek. Get back over here. <laughs> Her <laughs> mic, mic is ran running away. away. She can't wait to tell. Why are we always saying the same I things? don't know. <laughs> um, I'm excited to tell you. Okay. So. Spill it. I had a sex capade last week. Mm-hmm. And on the very last day, we got a little... Um, roused and he asked if he could eat my ass <gasps> you did it <laughs> so because we were so in the moment and it was such like a he really wanted to i said yes oh my god <laughs> one i feel offended that we went through this entire interview and i didn't know i know deeply offended but continue so I contemplated wanting to talk about it before, mm-hmm. but it really wouldn't add much. So you don't feel like a professional yet. I wouldn't say <laughs> I have a master's degree in being the receiver of getting okay, your ass. Maybe eaten. half an associate's. Yeah, <laughs> half an associate's exactly. I took one I'm course my GED right now. <laughs> Isn't that just GED? Your high GED. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting like the basic high mm-hmm. school education. Um. So it was very quick, and I was nervous about him looking at my butthole, mm-hmm. obviously. Did you do the blindfold? Yes, but, and I thought I watched him, because like the way my <gasps> mirror was lined up. That fucker. Yes, he took it off right when he was going in. <gasps> I know, I know. He didn't tell me till after, though. So it was really quick. He went in there. We just wanted to try it. Like It wasn't like a whole escapade. It wasn't really quick, because you came so fast. <laughs> I came so fast, <laughs> eating ass. <laughs> so he just went down there. It was a few licks. I was in doggy position, like bent over the bed. My ass was, you know, mm-hmm. at his face. Um, and then he got up and he was like, okay. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm done too. Cause like, I'm nervous, whatever. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, it was good. Like, I, I don't know if I would like, I'm not an advocate for yeah. it, but he's like, I'd do it again if you wanted me to. Wow. And I was like, yeah, I think I'd do it again, too. So <laughs> That's fun. I know. So he ate my butt. <laughs> but yes, he definitely looked at it, but he called it cute. That's good. Yeah. Well, then you get to move <laughs> forward with that confidence. Yeah. So that is good to keep in my back pocket. Well, I think then I might have something... Okay. But I think I might have brought it up before. I've had my butt fingered and I didn't okay. like it. Uh, how long ago was that? High school. Oh. And it okay. was not expected and I pretended that I liked it and it was like, it hurt, honestly, mm. because that was long before I knew about lube. So mm-hmm. it was unlubricated, just a finger in the ass. Yeah. And that would be rough. They went pretty hard. Yeah, and we get into that about Mm -hmm. how like trauma can be caused to the skin and the muscles. Yes, when you do things wrong, so it is really important to know what you're doing down there. That's why I have tummy issues now. I mean, if you listen to Dr. Goldstein, you could. Yeah, if things go wrong. So what's what we're saying Mm -hmm. is this episode is so important to your Mm -hmm. health and being a gassy individual and your pleasure and and being a butthole owner because we're talking with the wonderful Dr. Evan. Goldstein. Mm-hmm. And when we say wonderful, Ugh. we mean we had a damn ball of a time. <laughs> a damn ass ball ass of a time. ball of a time. We get into the ass balls if you've heard us talk about them before mm-hmm. because we are so shocked, shocked. by them. Shook. We did ask Dr. Goldstein and he really laid reviews. it out for us. Yeah, 
exactly. So, so he's going to introduce himself better than we ever could. So <laughs> let's just let's get, get this into going. it. Yeah, let's get into the, See ass. On the other side. <laughs> I'm Dr. Evan Goldstein, and I am founder of Bespoke Surgical and co-founder of Future Method. And all of this is all about kind of positive practices for our communities. I started years ago analyzing that there's a huge need in the communities to really start thinking about sex differently. Um, looking at each individual community, realizing what the communities are engaging and how they're engaging, and then figuring out a way to provide a safe space for people. Um, I realized very early on that people were getting injured or people were not living their sexual potential because they didn't have access to appropriate care. And that niche was really what I built Bespoke Surgical on, was to say, how do we destigmatize sex in general, take away the taboo, specifically in gay and anal sex, um, and then start really deconstructing it in a way that allows people fruitful engagements, but also analyzing it to minimize people's risks. And that's what spawned off Future Method, which was I realized that people were just using unsubstantiated products to support how they were engaging. And people were coming to me with STD and HIV and injury after injury, and it all stemmed towards people using those products incorrectly. And that was where we said, well, you know what? If nobody's going to cater to all of these communities, why don't we as a brand start looking at that, putting products, and then also more so education that hopefully allows the world to realize how important sex is in their lives and how we should not compromise one bit it's great to have a doctor combine pleasure, education, and like actual like facts of how to take care of your body because that's just not it's not enough out there that you see these doctors talking about that. So it's so important. Yeah, you know, I think that one of the things was it's a huge, you know, the medical space has definitely failed sexual education. We know that even the educational space, it's very difficult to understand the challenges. Yes, we could say that everybody's accepting, but we know that that's not true. And then let alone when you start to bridge and bring in religion into education, into sexual education, it starts to create uh, a lot. And, and one of the things that I notice is there are a lot of experts right, in, in sex. And, and there's no regulatory body, not even in the medical side. And so a lot of people are following followers and not necessarily truly the education. And that's where, you know, the hopes are with Future Method and foundations that we're developing to kind of put together panels of people that really vet all the information that is being given to so many people because most of it is unfortunately wrong. And it becomes an issue where now I have to literally pick up the pieces just because of all of that following from that. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I'm thinking about how a lot of people you know, aren't in this space and so aren't having regular conversations about sex and 
who they are making contact with hopefully is a doctor. And so, you know, if we have more doctors talking about sex in a really positive way, that's such an important contact for people. Mm -hmm. And if you're not talking to your doctor, like who are you getting? Yeah. Like that really important Mm -hmm. one-on-one sexual health information from yeah tiktok (laughs) yeah yeah you are getting it a lot from tiktok i mean i think that one of the things that spawned my career early on was that i realized that doctors weren't talking about it Mm -hmm. and even in the gay space early on in the career we did a, a a survey that really looked at primary care physicians in the gay space do they ask gay sex questions 92 percent did not So you start to say, well, wait a second, you know, why isn't sex just as important as lungs and heart and all the other things that people are checking all the time? And I think that it just, it really just behooves everybody to start thinking differently. And you don't need to know all the correct terminologies, but you just need to kind of be human and just start talking about sex in in a very the easy conversational way of, you know, do you engage in sex? Uh, What type of sexual engagements do you engage in? Are you happy? I mean, when's the last time anyone has ever asked you, one, on a mental health perspective, but then two, on a sexual perspective, are you truly happy with where you are? And all of those then spawn all of these different discussions where you start to say, well, wait a second, you can and should be happy. And there are sexual experts that are out there providing care to make sure you don't have to necessarily as a physician know the right way to treat X, Y, and Z, but you do know how to make a referral Mm -hmm. and to know that there are sexual experts that provide the care that these people are so needing. And now that was what has really pushed me more into the PR space, which was how do I just go direct? Um, Because really, not that I've said that the medical system has failed and is completely failed, but it's going to take them a long time to catch up to what we really should be in terms of delivering care. Do you have any recommendations for people trying to find like a sex positive doctor? I think Emma and I are really Mm -hmm. lucky. Emma found somebody that is truly amazing. And then I followed her to that person. (laughs) So we share a doctor Mm -hmm. and she's the first doctor I've ever had who is so open and makes me feel so comfortable talking about like everything having to do with sex and does ask if I'm happy and all of that kind of stuff. So how do you find a doctor if you don't have an Emma to find (laughs) it for you? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think again, it's, it's a lot of it is clearly from a review perspective is just Mm -hmm. being able to kind of make sure that one is that they're either part of your community or are able to really provide care specific to the community that you identify with. Mm -hmm. Two is, you know, I always tell people, you should be shopping. Don't let the doctor shop you. You know what I'm saying? Like if Mm -hmm. you're going in, you ask tough questions and and you start to, you know, the first really should be an interview of obviously, yes, the medical issues that you're having, etc. But it also should be, well, what type of care do you provide? And what do you have under this roof? And who, uh, you know, what happens if I do have a sexual issue or do you approach sex in certain ways? Um, you know, you're able to start really. And, and now with 
people doing reviews and access, it's much more accessible. But a lot of people are still not in cities that provide crazy amounts of care. It becomes, but the good thing is there's Zoom and a lot of people nowadays um, have access to all of the you know technologies to get you to the right place. But I do think that the key is to start demanding because if we as a community from a patient perspective starts demanding more and more of our physicians as it relates to sexual health, I think it's going to really start to push the narrative that people are actually taking it seriously to say, well, shit, if I don't know, I should be trained to know. And, mm-hmm. and this is what I need to do because X, Y, and Z is asking, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Right. I love that of interviewing your doctor. I mean, it's so it's the, a really important, vulnerable relationship. So taking it that seriously for yourself and taking that responsibility as well. It's like it sucks that you have to assume that most people aren't going to be that well-rounded to give you all of the services you need, but it's important to ask those right questions. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think that, you know, ass is very difficult, right? <laughs> it is a difficult subject as it relates to anal sex. You know, I mean, people come in a lot of times to my office with their head down, you know, and and, and it takes a lot of courage to, to say, I have a problem. Um, and that is not easy. And that was what, you know, I wanted to make my office uh, aesthetically pleasing that you walk in and you feel kind of calm from the beginning. I wanted to make that there's no um, inundation of paperwork that's such bullshit and that you could do before you show up there, right? I wanted to make sure that, like, you know, it's on time, you're quickly in, that we can kind of just break down. And then I could see whether or not I need to ask you the questions or you're able to just kind of have the conversation. And once you start kind of breaking it down, I I curse a lot. I talk about just ass and anal and all this (laughs) stuff because it's just trying to humanize the situation. But but I do know that it takes someone a long time potentially to get to the point where they're able to walk through the door. And the hope is, is that people just over time just say, fuck it. This is my, this is important to me, you know, and, and then just say that this is what I'm going to do. And then you move forward and, and then we take care of it, you know, one ass at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're ready to take care of these asses over here. So let's do it. (laughs) We want to dive in to more anal pleasure. So we, want to explore these phalanges and how to use that in anal play and fingering. So can you give us like a brief definition, if that's not clear enough? Of like so totally, totally. Anal I got play it, with I hands? got it. Yeah. So I think a couple of things with anal and fingers. I'm not a huge fan of fingers. I know why people do it, and and, and I'll explain as we go through. The problem with fingers is, is that, one, is if you're using your own finger, it's kind of a weird angle to put your finger in. And what winds up happening is you create this like hook. And then as you're doing it, sometimes you can cause issues where it can cut the skin, cause a tear called a fissure, um, aggravate hemorrhoids if there is. And it's just a funky angle. And then, then you start looking at others saying, okay, you partner, partners are starting to explore you and use fingers as well. Again, it's very multi-jointed. A lot of times they don't tell you what the next move is going to be. And it could be very, very quick and sudden where the in and the out and all of a sudden it's not really appropriately lubed and then it tears or they have long fingernails, etc. So I usually say first start in the realm of using anal dilators to kind of explore because one is they're all 
you know, obviously either really good graded silicone. I have also a set that's like a glass set on the website. And there's certain indications for each. But the key with all of this is how do you start understanding anatomy? And the anatomy is not very difficult. I tell people all the time there's not overtly complications in the ass. One is muscle. The other is skin. And is it is the skin fully going to accommodate whatever you're going to put in? Is the muscle fully going to relax? That's it. And the key of using dilators is to understand the three sets of muscles that are there, the skin that is there, and start really working it. Now, female skin, female anal skin is very, very thin. And notoriously, I see a ton of tearing. One is a lot of women, what they'll do is they will not have regular anal intercourse. So it's very, you know, it's, you know, it's like, let's say every other month, every three months, whatever it is. And if you go from nothing to something big without the gradual, constant working, you're going to have complications. It may be painful, it may tear, you may cause hemorrhoids. So if you look at the best bottoms or the best anal you know, receivers, right? What they're doing is they're engaging two to three times a week, whether they're engaging with a partner, whether they're engaging with toys, uh, whatever it is, it's kind of keeping that muscle and the skin really going into the right trajectory. And it's a use it or lose it location, meaning you gotta, it's a muscle. And so like, just like biceps and triceps, you have to constantly be working it in two capacities, tightening and then clearly opening. And so my usual go-to is not fingers to start with. It's usually a dilating kit that's like sizes small, medium, and large. On Bespoke's website, there's a shop that goes into like why I like the toys, why do I think it's important with like a dilating protocol of two to three times a week just using the small toy. I usually tell people do it in the shower by yourself, uh, a lot of lube and just kind of slowly going in and slowly going out. You're trying to really understand how do we get all of those muscles to truly, truly start to relax. And once you start to get into a groove of the small to the medium, and then you're like, okay, I do want to explore other things, whether it's you know more advanced toys, whether it is fingering, whether it is you know the real deal, whatever, whatever that is, you can then start to kind of add more advanced stuff. Fingering, even though you think is such a simple thing, I think realistically it is a more advanced technique. And it's also understanding your partner, making sure that you are facing each other in a way that you're able to kind of communicate so they could see if you're having a little bit of pain or that it's not going the right way. Make sure the nails are super cut so that's not an issue or that they're using a glove. Um, those are kind of all the things that I would say would be the best practices to get to fingering techniques. So if you have started to warm up and you feel like you're at this point when you want to start fingering with a partner and like what are the positions that you could use to do that? Mm -hmm. Make um, sure you're facing the right way. Yeah, like I'm thinking about me and my partner. So my partner has a penis and it like how if I were to finger him, how yeah. <laughs> so I think that probably probably the best would be more so in the beginning of on their back. Okay. 
right? And, you know, you're baby. able to kind of really see and get to understand the different angles, et cetera. Um, you know, and again, I think foreplay is really great. It gets people to be completely l relaxed. Some people do a lot of, like, analingus or licking and playing just to kind of get that area fully into a good space. Obviously, doing some toy work um, and, and going from there. I think what's nice in the partnership is that, you both can be educated on understanding the three sets of muscles and that the muscles take time to relax. Um, and so, you know, the first entry, you don't have to get your entire finger in. It's the same concept of using dilators, which is how do you kind of go in with a lot of lube until you hit resistance? Once you hit resistance, don't force it. Come back out, relubricate. Go back in again. And each time that you'll go in, you'll feel actually each set of muscles starting to relax when you start putting some more pressure. And you start getting really, you know, good at understanding those three muscles. You can actually feel them. And if you have appropriate, you know, tactile, uh, you know, um, feeling in that space, what you'll do is you'll feel, oh, there's the first muscle. And you can actually kind of engage the muscles and push them like a massage. You know, it's just basically a rubber band, right? And you're trying to go in and then really hit the first, come back out, go back in again, hit the second. And it may take you six to eight times before those fully relax where now you're able to start doing things, whether it's circles, whether it's figure eights, whether it's, you know, angling towards the prostate in the male, which is just towards the front, um, all those types of things. Um, but again, it stems, all of this stems from understanding anatomy and understanding your pelvic floor and skin. And then you start to create an understanding of, oh, whenever I'm doing this or whenever I'm doing that, this is what I am looking out for to make sure that it's safer. Mm -hmm. And so for anatomy, then how do the muscles line up? Are they like one right after the other leading farther into your colon yep. then? Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're usually about four to five centimeters in. And then what happens is after that, the colon and the rectum obviously open up. That's why a lot of people can fist. The fisting is not you. Everyone's like, oh, my God, it's such a huge thing. Well, no, actually, it's the landing and the takeoff that really matters. The first five centimeters. Once you're in, the reason why they can get the fist and everything going in is because it's really a big empty balloon. It's a space that's there. So understanding that the first five centimeters is really what we're talking about when we're talking about dilating. There are three sets of muscles. They're, very, they're pretty um, in step with each other. So you start with the superficial, then there's the external, and then there's the internal sphincter. Now, the external and superficial, if you squeeze your ass right now, okay, squeeze your ass. <laughs> All right. That is the two on the outside, superficial and external. The internal one is the one that doesn't really listen to you or I. That's the one where a lot of people feel that during sex, where it becomes potentially painful, where someone's trying to kind of knock and, and get that to relax and it won't relax. That's the one that I would do a lot of Botox for. Like, let's say you started to use toys and it's still painful, but, but mentally you clearly want to get into that receiving role. Sometimes I give Botox into that internal muscle. So now that muscle is fully relaxed. It's kind of out of the game in terms of blocking the actual act that we're trying to achieve. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. And that doesn't fuck you up at all with like pooping? 
No. What will happen is it makes you a little gassy. I know women don't fart, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, Not these so that's not what I'm the gassiest bean you'll ever find. I'm like, so if I lose that muscle, it's What's over. What's between me and the world? What's stopping no, me? What's stopping me? You have two out of three that are still functional. Okay. And we and we titrate it in a way. You're not going to poop yourself. Don't worry. Okay. All right? But, but like, at what, what cost, is, you know? Yeah. But, but what it does is, I think the key is for when people are using toys and or learning to dilate and using that to understand their anatomy, you have to be real with yourself. Meaning, if it's causing you discomfort, don't just say, oh, no, this anal sex is an, an anal play is supposed to be painful no you're not supposed to be be in any pain you're not supposed to bleed these are not normal situations and so if you're using small to medium toys and no matter what you're doing no matter what position or lube you feel as if you're super tight or there's something that is not allowing you to fully relax then see somebody somebody because the reality is that there could be a cut that's there that's a little bit more chronic that needs to be treated. There could be an extra piece of skin or a hemorrhoid that's just kind of not allowing things to fully function the way that it needs to. There are certain things, or or not, or that everything is actually okay, except that one is educational-wise, you're just doing the wrong thing. Or the muscle, which we are talking about, is way too tight, and no matter what you do, I may need to do something either in the office with Botox or surgery to get the skin and the muscle to fully function the way we want it to. Okay. Is that a typical place to administer Botox? Like, would it be abnormal for someone to call like their local, like reputable place that has Botox and ask for that? An ass shot. An ass shot. So most, (laughs) no, because most people go to like dermatologists or plastics for Mm -hmm. doing kind of injectables, right? With that said, there are definitely people that are in proctology that do anal Botox. I think one of the things that I see a lot of is people getting anal Botox, but yet it's not being done for the right reasons and or the right patient. We need to make sure before you do that that we're not missing something else. A lot of times I see anal Botox being thrown around because it's, you know, easy and blah, 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 but it's not actually taking care of the situation. Many people will get anal Botox, but yet their skin is the issue. It's not a muscle issue. And so it starts to look at, say, well, yes, just make sure whoever is delivering anal Botox understands and asks the right sexual questions. And this brings us back to how we started, right? Mm -hmm. You have to feel comfortable that people understand the dynamic of anal sex specifically to say, hey, these are the reasons why X, Y, and Z. And now listening to this podcast, you'll be like, well, wait a second. There's two components to this. There's skin and there's muscle. You're only taking care of the muscle part. What about the skin part? And then if the guy or the girl looks at you like with, five million eyes, you know that the reality is they're probably not actually evaluating things the right way. So it's just, you know, and that's the goal for this, to educate people to just understand the way that I would look at it and hope that whoever's delivering the care does the same. And if not, DM me, email, whatever you can do. I'm more than happy to help people. I help people from all over the world. Wonderful. On the spectrum of like... (laughs) I guess this is kind of the opposite and maybe it's kind of a total side note, but we were at a sex shop and we saw 
what was oh referred God. to as uh-huh. ass balls. And they weren't, they were not just anal beads. They were, they were ass, ass balls. balls. <laughs> and they were size of baseballs. Yeah, at baseballs. Least. And mm-hmm. but there was so much space in between each one. And that mm-hmm. was what we were concerned. Uh taken aback. Taken aback. By. Given pause to. Like, yeah. how deep can it can you go the into whole your thing system? Was this long? Yeah. Like uh, it was how many feet is that? That's like two and a half. Two and a half feet. <laughs> yeah. Like I thought it would come out my mouth at that point. Am I wrong? <laughs> like how scared should I be of ass balls? <laughs> So I think a couple of things. I think that, again, we get back to this thing of those are not really being regulated at all, right? Sex toys are not. And you have to just make sure, just like you're doing, you're like, well, wait a second. There's so much space in between these. So there's two components to this, right? One is whether you're doing ass balls or whether you're doing anal beads or you're doing any of the toys – when there is a big step off, what they mean is there's like a big ball and then a, a real long space and then a big ball. And then what happens is, is that sometimes when you're trying to get those out, they pull the muscle and the skin that we're talking about and then you get significant injury. And so all of those are really like third tier toys that you need to master A, B first before you get to that component. Um, now, I understand why people like that, the friction of kind of going past all of this and then kind of like a pluck, right, situation where it creates this, you know, sensation. And that, that I understand there's a lot of nerve endings with it, but I do think those types of toys can be significantly dangerous, um, specifically for the beginner user. And, you know, just understanding that the four to five centimeters is an important component to understanding that we don't want the muscle to fully collapse over the toy because then a lot of people don't have the capacity to relax it to the point where you're able to fully get it out. And you can start practicing. If that is a toy that you want to use, then the key is to gradually work your way up from dilators to a toy that has really minimal step-off you now learning how to fully relax to the point where, oh, okay, I was able to just get this out very easily. And then you start kind of getting gradually bigger and back into the balls that you want, I guess. (laughs) Pass balls are something you have to earn. Yeah, you have to earn that badge. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And with that size, you know, again, you can go pretty deep. And, you know, all the way up. The colon is pretty forgiving. It's kind of like a slinky. It'll move and groove to what you want. With that being said, there is an angle about, I'd say, you know, uh, it depends on people, but let's just say like a foot and a half to two feet, a pretty steep angle where the, the toy needs to kind of bend and get to that side. Some people are able to offset that by just certain positions that would be better, like elongating the back kind of straightens the colon to allow it a more of a straight shot. Same thing with like, you know, laying on a side. If you're laying on your right side, it kind of moves the colon into the middle of the pelvic region that now allows you kind of that straight angle. So if you ever get to a point where you're like, I want to go further, but I feel some resistance, clearly don't push further but change your angle, hands over your head, 
back positions, side positions, and you'll start to see that you should be able to kind of navigate in a way, hopefully not out to your fucking brain, but <laughs> uh, but enough, you know what I'm saying? And also one thing to think of when you're using big, big toys, really make sure that you're so well lubricated. They sell these... Um, web uh, um, on the web they also sell these lube shooters that you could shoot the lube it's like big syringes that you're allowed to get up way higher because a lot of people don't do that they'll just get very low down with the lube that they are using but they're not actually lubricating up higher and that is also something that someone can add to make sure that they're doing what they want to do correctly got it i'm only picturing tools that this is gross it's like like horse you know how you go into horses? Oh. <laughs> yes. So it's like really long things. Yes. I'm going to move yes. past that example. Though. I was thinking of shooters like <laughs> jello shots. Well. And I was like, oh, we'll girl. need those for the, the batch weekend. <laughs> horse gal and fun gal. Yeah. So two we're, we're, not in, we're not inseminating. You yeah. Know, <laughs> right? I don't know. Different mean, vibe. I mean, maybe we, maybe we are. Maybe we are. Uh, Anyway, I have one more question about okay. fingers yeah, because you talked about the prostate and you talked about the prostate being like towards the front, but I, I th- I'm having trouble conceptualizing. So if I put my fingers in, finger in, whatever, is it to the front of my finger? Like that way? Well, it kind of depends on what angle you're going in. Oh, let's yeah, just that say, makes sense. Let's just say someone that's <laughs> laying on their back, mm-hmm. right, with a prostate, okay? And you're going to be, you're heading in. It's going to be towards the front, more towards the penis testicle side. Okay. So if Perfect. you think of think of ass and then, then, then the next connection is kind of their urinary system of mm-hmm. connecting that. And the prostate is literally right on the front of the rectum so when you're going in what you'll do is you'll feel it in the front of your pad all the way heading if you just move your finger more towards inside about four to six centimeters inside you'll be able to kind of start feeling it feels like a walnut okay and um the way that it is if you think of it like two lobes it's basically what and all the fluid is getting to the center. So when you're milking the prostate, you want to make sure that you're going from the outside in on the left side and on the right side, not going like completely across you because the, the lobe itself, you're going to milk it in. Are you thinking about the horse again? I think she's thinking about the horse. Oh, you said milking and then it got to farm animals and I just, so my in brain. this scenario, do you have, you have two fingers in there and you're, going like no, closing you could them? do one okay. you could do one and basically what you'll do is let's say you start on the right side mm-hmm. you start from outside milking in and then you and then you do from the left side the same thing um and it's an art it's not you know it takes time and sometimes mm-hmm. people actually come to my office and ask me can you do me a favor when you're doing your exam show me so that I could feel where the prostate is because they're not, it's not easy in a lot of people. Sometimes it's a little bit further than what you think. Now, the nice thing about certain toys is that a lot of the toys, the angle is already taken out for you as it relates to a prostate toy. So a lot of these toys have the right angle. So when you're inserting it, it's literally already on the prostate being able to do what you need to do with it. But, you know, again, it takes time, you know, understanding anatomy. The best is kind of Google, you know, 
the male anatomy as it relates to the rectum, et cetera, and you could see exactly where it is to know how to do it. Because the prostate orgasm, uh, especially, you know, is just awesome. <laughs> That's the reason why a lot of people love it. Um, and so the key is, and even in the female space, even though the prostate is not there, there is such amazing nerve endings in the pelvic floor. And you also kind of, in the female space, you'll hit the backside of the vaginal wall and the uterus. And the sensations there can also be very, very stimulating. So even though we're just talking about the prostate right now, the same techniques can be utilized for everyone and then to see if you reap the same benefits because many people are able to, that do not have a prostate, still have kind of a P-spot orgasm as it relates to that, that location. So that's because that's interesting. I didn't know that we had a lot of nerve endings either in our pelvic mm -hmm. floor because I thought I was really missing out without a prostate, but I'm glad to know <laughs> I can still have yeah. fun down and around there. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. And I think that that is where kind of people understanding from an anal perspective, regardless of gender, right, regardless of that, there are positive nerve endings and negative nerve endings. And the reality is, is that for you to explore and to understand that in the beginning, you may have discomfort and or understanding how to fully relax, but over time that should start becoming pleasurable. If it's not pleasurable, then stop, see a professional that we're able to look at it to say, Hey, this is because there definitely is a lot of people that come to me with kind of functional issues that need to be fixed first before we start to, you know, engage anally. Mm -hmm. So many fun things to learn about and to explore. I love it. I also <laughs> want to dive headfirst <laughs> into eating ass. See how that one works there? Um, and first, is the slang rim job for eating ass? I guess I never Googled it really, and I've just heard it a lot. <laughs> Yeah, so, yes, that's one of them. I mean, there's so many uh, that go around. <laughs> but with that said, I mean, analingus is the usual okay. term um, as it relates to that. that um, I think that it's, you know, awesome, uh, and it should be explored by many. I think the key is, um, one, obviously making sure that everything is super, super clean, um, some people, you know, I don't necessarily think you need to go crazy, crazy and douche and go, you know, bananas as it relates to it. I think just external, um, you know, washing and cleaning and making sure that you're in a good space. Um, you also got to be careful with like, if some people use certain lotions or perfumes in the area, even though you're trying to make it all beautiful and whatnot, you know, a lot of that stuff is not meant to be ingested. So you just have to kind of be careful as it relates to that. Um, we, at Future Method came out with um, an anal exfoliant specifically for button body care. One of it being how do we make sure that we're doing the right thing just from our normal defecating and living life and that area is just friction, especially when you ride horses and all that stuff, right? <laughs> um, but, but, but with Talking that being out. said, I know, with that being said, um, the anal exfoliant is really great because it kind of gets rid of and replenishes and re-nourishes. And then also there's a soothing cream that goes with that, that's paired with it. One is it's good for post-sex if you're irritated, but it is also great for pre-sex 
One is because it moisturizes and obviously makes things beautiful, but it also smells great and all the ingredients are able to be ingested so that we make sure that we're all doing all the right things. Now, analingus, uh, you just got to be careful, right? Just like anything, there's bacteria. You know, a lot of people have some element of, let's say, a parasite and they don't know it um, and it can be ingested. So, if you are someone that is, and I think that they should be doing parasite checks, ova and parasites, whenever you're doing routine STD screenings, a lot of physicians will not do that unless you ask. But if you are someone that eats a lot of ass, I would suggest that you periodically just fully get checked because sometimes your bloating, constipation, or diarrhea may actually be something that is just innate to where we are. And that leads us into the next kind of situation, which is the microbiome. When people are having anal sex, the microbiome is altered. It's changed. It's changed inside, and it's also changed externally. And so because of that, you start to see people have a higher incidence of infections or a higher incidence of HIV or anal injury when the microbiome is altered. Now, a lot of people use wet wipes or these kind of cleansing wipes to clean externally. That changes the microbiome. There is a balance between good and bad bacteria. And when you use those wipes or you're causing issues like that, what happens is, is that the bad bacteria starts to win and you get fungal infections, you can get irritation, you can get herpes outbreaks and or anal warts coming from HPV. So it's not glamorous, right? Of course we don't, but, but the reality is these are all things you need to think about before we kind of embark on that to make sure, one, that you're doing everything correctly. Two is, is that you're not altering that microbiome in the way that causes issues. And then if you are, and we'll probably get to douching and some of the other stuff later, but if you are, we also at Future Methods said, like, you need a probiotic that is specific to replenish the anal microflora. And that we just launched with in September um, is the first ever pre and probiotic specifically for anal intercourse and anal play. And it's how do you replace the bacteria in the right capacity to make sure that we're not missing anything and everything is replenished in the right way. There is so much that goes into eating ass to keep healthy. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That's great to know. Known. Who would have <laughs> known? I love that you guys have your own products for exfoliating and moisturizing. Cause I feel like a lot of our questions have been about yeah. like sanitation. If you're going to do any type of butt stuff and smell mm-hmm. and look. So I think those are great products to invest in. And on look, Another question that we had was, I feel like at least in the space that we're in, we talk a lot about vulva normalization, but we haven't really talked about butthole normalization. And so that's something we aren't necessarily super confident about. So is that something that you could speak to? (laughs) Sure. So when you say, what's tell me a little bit about what your definition of normalization means. What, What is that? Yeah. So in regards to vulvas, we talk about how like, 
they're all different and they're all oh, normal. Got it. Oh, I, yeah. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from an aesthetic perspective, externally, yep. where are we? So yes, they're all different. And I remember seeing one guy come to me with the biggest extra piece of skin there. And I was like, do you want me to remove it? And he's like, no, my lover loves to bite it, and play with it, and lick uh-huh. it, and do all these things. So I never say anything because people like certain things and it's awesome. And I'm, I'm all for that. Now, I do see most people want an appropriate pucker. They don't want any extra skin that is there. With that being said, um, extra skin causes issues specifically. One is people think it's an STD or they think that there's something like an abnormal growth and they're like freaked out about it. So that, and then, and then they make the, their partner kind of feel insecure. So I think that that's one component to it. Two is, is that functionally, if you have extra skin in the area, when you're having sex, the skin gets pulled in and pulled out and it creates so much friction where then you tear and then have some issues associated with that. Now, I see a lot of women post-pregnancy or post-college or grad school because nobody ever teaches anybody, one, the right way to shit. And so most people are eating so poorly during college and grad school, and they have so much work, they're sitting on their ass all the time, that they develop a hemorrhoid or extra skin. Same thing post-pregnancy, just pushing out, and you know that causes either tears and or hemorrhoids or extra skin. So I see a lot of people coming to me for that, and they may not even engage anally, but just vaginally, they feel just insecure, or it doesn't feel good, or when they are working out, they feel rubbing and irritation, and they can't necessarily clean. Now, the, I do a lot of that aesthetic work, which is how do I kind of remove any of the extra skin and make everything into kind of smooth, flat, and flush, but then also able to get that pucker. Now, a lot of people also like bleaching um, or laser hair removal in that area, and we do all of that. We also do some uh, microablation where, well, if some people like, especially in kind of the male space, what they're doing is they shave or they use nair or they use, and then what happens when the when the hair follicles grow back, they grow back in this kind of like pimple form or where it just doesn't look good and not as smooth as the Kardashians ass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so everybody's like, you know, I want that. That's the hole I want. So a lot of things that we can do is work on scarring, work on laser hair removal so that the follicles are completely gone. You don't have any of that. And then work with bleaching techniques, whether it's just a cream or a cream and using, um, a, an application uh, of kind of like a peel, you're able to now set the stage of kind of getting that blanched into a way that makes people feel more comfortable. And it's just because it's the sun doesn't shine there. And because there's a lot of friction, some people have discoloration where it's a little bit darker. It just doesn't look, especially if you're into analingus and this and that, people are going to look and explore. And so it's just a matter of where you are. But again... I've seen people with what I would say would not be defined as the normal whole, and they are pigs and shit loving it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So to be clear, then, it's okay. Like, it doesn't affect any, like, health or um, stuff down there if you shave or bleach or nair your asshole. So I think a couple of things. The nair itself can, be, can cause issues depending upon skin type. 
With that said, they do have more genital type nair where you're able to use that. And so I usually say to people, if you want to go that route, just do it on a small portion first to see that you don't develop a reaction, that it's not causing issues before you do the whole ass, right? Now, if you're someone that wants to be smooth and you're like, ah, this is it for the rest of my life, I want to be a smooth ass, I would say laser hair is the best because you're, it's just one, it gets rid of the follicles. You don't have those bad pimples. When I mean, you, you all know when you're shaving your legs and this, when, when that growth of the new, it it's, can be quite painful and it's friction and it just doesn't start to look good. So I think, I usually tell people to stay away from sugaring, shaving, all that stuff. If they want to, then the laser hair is the best. But you also need to know anally that the skin itself is very fragile. And so a lot of times when people use clippers, they cut, they nick a little bit and you could develop herpes outbreak. You can develop an anal wart to develop in the friction of where the, you're kind of nicking every time with the shaver. Make sure that the shaver is super, super cleaned, just like barbershop. Make sure that it's barbicided and cleaned up because you don't, you can actually, if you have something like an STD or an infection, you can pass it along from kind of nick to nick from what you're doing. And it's hard to kind of shave your own ass. You know, it's not easy. Yeah. So yeah. I think, again, if you're someone that is just, this is a transient time, just learn the right way to shave or use Nair so that it's, it's the best for you. But if you are someone that's saying, hey, I really do want to be smooth, then I would invest and just be done with it so you don't have you know, any of these complications develop. Two questions. One, and I feel like we didn't really get into it with fingering, but initiating is something that we talk a lot about. So are there like good ways to get into these positions? And the second thing is when you are eating ass or analingus, what do you do? Like what are some uh, the techniques? Te- techniques, yes. Yeah. <laughs> tongue rolls, tongue, mm-hmm. taco thing. I think it's all the same as how you're giving, you know, how you're sucking face. It's no different. Okay. And the nice thing is to think of it as it's just different types of lips because realistically when you look at your lip it's two cells that are meeting it's one cell the epidermal cell layer here and then the mucosa cell which is the one up here same concept the ass is exactly the same so i think that really thinking along those lines which is well when you are sucking face we're doing a lot of rolls and you know, I can't do the one that you just did, you know, that, that, that thing. Taco? I, I'm not too, yeah, I can't do that. Thing. But, but with that said, it's kind of doing that, whether it's circles or just outside and then going in, there's all these different techniques. I think realistically most, there's obviously two positions that kind of come right to hand, which is one is on the back or in doggy style. Um, and that just kind of really gives great access to that. Now, certain things to think of, a lot of people spit, Um, or they'll use spit to kind of lubricate that area. Some go from that into sex, and we just want to make sure that people understand that spit is not the greatest lubricant. So I get it. I know why everybody does it, but the reality is that it causes a lot of issues as it relates to that. Mm -hmm. But with that said, you know, make sure that you don't have kind of cotton mouth, right, that your, your mouth is able to produce saliva. If not, they do make lubricants that are ingestible, Uh, Some people, whether it's like flavored watermelon, you pick your mango, whatever you want. Um, But there are certain things that you can do with that just to get that into the right groove. But again, similar technique of first muscle, get that to fully relax, 
work on going further, second muscle. It's the same. And then some people are actually doing fingering while they're doing licking at the same time of kind of massaging all the way around, kind of getting more into the creases. Um, you know, it's very sensitive when someone's licking your kind of crease, you know? <laughs> Licking my creases. Licking the crease. <laughs> and a, a follow-up question with um, health and what's like appropriate. So if someone has a vulva and they're getting their ass eaten, they their partner should not then eat them out, right? Like they yeah. that needs to pause and clean and everything. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So I mean I think that the key component is, you know, you can most people can go vulva to the ass, mm -hmm. but don't go anal. And it's the same thing. Uh, you guys are kind of from, from wiping, right? Front mm -hmm. to back, not back to front. So it doesn't go into the vaginal region and hit the urethra and all that type of stuff. So I think that, yes, anally, no matter how clean you are, I would kind of stay focused on I'm, st I'm doing anal in this capacity. And then if you want to go further, it's cleaning out, et cetera, and making sure that you're in a good space. And when I say cleaning out, a lot of people use Listerine, um, you know, to really work after to try. And there's a couple of studies that show by using Listerine uh, for 30 seconds, a gargle, that you could diminish STDs as well just by doing that. So it's something for you guys to think about. Wow. Okay. Would that be spicy at all after? I, that was I'm my like initial cool thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I heard the weirdest. I was scrubbed with someone, and he may kill me for telling, but, but he, we were talking about, like, what people use as like sexual enhancements to like lick and play and suck and all this stuff. And, you know, I have heard of ice. I heard of like cool whip. I've heard of all these other things. And he told me pop rocks. Mm -hmm. And I said, and, and I was like, I never heard that. In my He's like, Evan getting a blow job with the pop rocks is like the best <laughs> feeling in the world. All of a sudden it's like, psh, psh, psh. it just goes nuts. So it's so interesting what so many people use. But mm -hmm. again, anally, you can use a lot of things to kind of enhance the moment in a good way, um, especially if, you know, you're into it. So I will say. <laughs> you did pop rocks? You did I used pop rocks. rocks. Like a couple months ago, he bought pop rocks at a sex store. He's like, I really want to try it. It's for blowjobs. Yes. so my mistake was putting a lot in my mouth yeah. <laughs> and then trying to go down and give a blowjob they like started to fall just out of my mouth so i tried to like suck point? them back in but then i just had matted pop rocks in my mouth so they weren't oh. popping it was just like candy drooling out of my and then I was like, is this good for you? And he's like, are we so happy? He's like, I honestly can't feel anything. I'm like, I'm going to spit these out, actually. Give me a minute. So I will say I've tried it, and I just probably did it wrong. Maybe less. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. less. Season first. Like a maybe, yeah. nerd's rope. Maybe you, maybe you put them on the dick. Yeah, not like a season. <laughs> yeah. No, don't put it on the dick. No. I don't know. Try to make it easier for me. <laughs> this is about me. Yeah. <laughs> you put, you, you put, put chocolate and then like put the pop rocks on it so that it becomes like, you know, like one of those, things, like the banana, the chocolate banana. Oh my banana. God, just like an alien dick. Just like, <laughs> try to get some sensation. Whatever. I was trying to see if I can do. I think I'm gonna. I'm trying to speak with like um, 
like gummy bear makers and do like cock rings made of oh. like gummies. That would be <laughs> That'd cool. That would be so cool. Right? You just could bite away. How great is that? <laughs> I think that's so smart. It's like candy necklaces, but for the kink folk. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love that so much. I would just buy them to put on my fingies at work. <laughs> 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 All day. Multi-purpose. Yep. Um, ask our one of our most important questions. Oh, one of our most important questions. <laughs> you a lot of this is goes back to us being gassy gals. Um, what if you get so relaxed in the <laughs> ass eating moment that you toot a little bit, a little puff of air comes out in their face, and is that well, common? You know, a, puff of, a puff of air, a puff of air doesn't kill anybody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I think that that leads us into the douching conversation okay. because a lot of people. One, are douching, we know that. And what people are using are water or enemas. And we spoke of before the microbiome changing. Well, we know that there's a spectrum and water's on one side and enemas are on the other side. And we actually want to be right in the middle in terms of safety. And one of the first products we launched with at Future Method was an appropriate anal douche solution. Why? Because we know that if you're on those sides of the spectrum, and most people are using water, that you have a higher chance of washing away the good bacteria and increasing your risk. And that was why we did, okay, how do we provide a solution that's not toxic, that pH balance that's appropriate for cleaning? And then also, how do we replace the microbiome with an appropriate pre and probiotic, right? That was the theory. Now, with that being said, for analingus and passing wind and all that jazz, a lot of people do douche to clean themselves out before, whether or not they're doing just ass play with analingus or then they're doing full anal penetration. With that said, less is more. Our bulbs for future method are smaller because I want people to understand that this is where you really need to clean. I also want people to understand that it's gut health, it's whole body health, not just anal health, meaning fiber supplementation is really great. Uh, that bulks the stool, it makes things easier for you to go to the restroom, but also it, it helps to become less gassy. If you are a gassy gal, doing gas acts or something like that before can minimize that so that you're not having issues. Obviously, diet and exercise and just getting into your routine bowels then allows for you to focus on really kind of anal appropriate care. With that also being said, a lot of people will use toys after they douche, one, to get rid of any extra air that develops, two is to pre-lubricate so that everything is kind of really well lubricated and also relaxed, both the skin and the muscle, so that now you're able to kind of simulate sex passing any extra fluid or any extra gas that is there. So I do think that most of society will douche. I want people to make sure that they're trying to do other things so they can douche less because we know there are complications from that. And also thinking differently of if you are douching, using a right solution, using it less times, and using a toy to minimize any of the extra excrement that's there and or 
uh, gas. So that may happen. But the reality is, is that gas is going to happen. It's going to happen here and there, regardless, even through the vagina. I mean, come on. I mean, there's tons of that. The reality is just move along, go do your thing. And I'm sure your 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 farts don't I just smell perfect, just like roses. So it's just fine. Just like me. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's what I like to That's say. That's why both of our middle names yeah. are Rose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we knew we'd be gassy, but at least they'd smell good. That's exactly it. So it's about just taking care of yourself preemptively so that maybe if you do – it's not the smelliest thing because you've taken care of everything and you've. Yes. And I think a couple of things that the douche itself has a really great kind of cleanser internally that allows for kind of one cleaning, but it also allows for like a layer of protection. You feel silky. It's not as if you're dry, like most douching can happen. Um, also again, the anal exfoliant and the, and we'll have to get you some because the reality is they smell really great. And with that being said, even if you did toot, you would toot the future <laughs> method scent. And so it's all good. And, and we are, and we are coming out with suppositories that are scented. So, you can, you know, yeah. So, so the reality is, is that, you know, you can fart whatever you want. You'd be forcing it at that point. It's the goal. It'd be like a science experiment. Mm -hmm. Make my own. I don't know. <laughs> well, on that note, you have given us so much information. I am so excited about all of it. And we would love if you could let our listeners know where they can continue connecting with you, continue learning after this episode. Yes, 100%. So uh, Bespoke Surgical is on all social channels. Uh, future Method on Instagram is The Future Method. Everything else, Future Method online, you can kind of check out. Both of them have really great educational components as breaking down everything we spoke of here. And then on a personal side, it's Dr. Dr. Evan Goldstein on Instagram. It's kind of a combination of my anal world, my partner, crazy world, and then I have two identical twin boys that drive me nuts. So it's a combination of seeing pictures of them and then like ass. <laughs> <laughs> It's just your world. It's just your world, and we're living in it. <laughs> so I want to know, though, if you've ever contemplated or asked about eating ass, because you said fingering, mm -hmm. but what about eating ass? So I've never, like, actively contemplated. I didn't have a plan. <laughs> okay. Ass plan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I did ask my partner the other day because... I knew we were doing this episode, and so I was like, hey, like, would you ever eat my ass? I don't necessarily want to eat his ass. I'm gonna be straight I'm up be front about transparent it. Transparent about that. Um, if he if that if he was dead set on it, I would like do the Lord's work and just go for it. But would I be happy? Like, not no. really. I'm just I don't think it's for me. That's okay. Mm -hmm. But would I get my ass eaten? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, I would. And I know that was actually one of your goals that it you was. had said. I forgot about that. Yeah. You really quick turnaround with your goals. I, know, this I year. manifest Damn. things that I want, and ass eating was I'm on so my list. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. That was literally two weeks ago. I know. Whoa. <laughs> the turn is immaculate. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I asked my partner, I'm like, would you eat my ass? And he's like, of course. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but would you want to? And he's like, sure. And I'm like, that's not the fucking response. No. Like, that's not it. You have to be begging me. You to need to eat be my ass. so emphatic about before I let you stare into the eye of my, my demon. Yeah, my <laughs> dark demon. Because let's be real, I do have tummy issues. So my butthole has been a bit of a demon in my life. <laughs> 
a bit of a a devil on my shoulder (laughs) betwixt my cheeks betwixt your cheeks so yeah um yeah am i about to have my ass eaten i don't think so but i'm ready if you just start just keep thinking about it like i did and then maybe he'll be like god damn it Cass, spread them cheeks spread them cheeks and sit on my face so what position were you in I I said it in the intro. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. I didn't hear that. Yes, I was bent over the bed um, with my butt backwards, and okay. he was coming in from behind. So kind of a doggy-ish yes. position. It was vulnerable. Vulnerable. It was. But it felt good, and I was like, you know what? He's down there. So for the few seconds that he was eating my ass, I just like didn't think about being self-conscious. I'm like, he's in you. my ass. Yeah. In it with his mouth. Yeah. So forget about forget about your inhibitions. <laughs> Dance the night away. And we will, because thank you so much to Dr. Goldstein. Yeah. I will want to dance the night away. And have my uh, ass eaten. And have my ass eaten a little bit and more. And possibly finger if I'm feeling in the mood and properly prepared. Properly prepared. And thank you to our listeners for sticking around and being so emphatic about ass stuff mm-hmm. as we are. Because we yeah. know you like it. We know you like it. We know you like it. Or you're interested in the idea. At least, yeah. So we're here to provide, to to make the right connections. We just just know people. We know people, and you're welcome. Yeah, and if this episode, you know, really did it for you, Mm -hmm. which it should, uh, go ahead and send it to somebody else that you think it would do it for. There's so much valuable information. Mm -hmm. Dr. Goldstein deserves to be heard around the world. Say it loud. Um, So help him do that. If every one of you shared it with one person, we'd be saving thousands of buttholes from potential. Yeah. Couldn't say that any clearer (laughs) myself. And if you want to do even more, go above and beyond for us. You can head over to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe to Honey Do Me. If you leave a written review, go ahead and leave a peach. Yeah. That's our favorite. You know it's a butt. It's clear. Mm -hmm. Um, And tell us how much you love us because Mm -hmm. we love you. And what's a relationship if it's not reciprocal? Exactly. You give us, we give you. Bada bing, bada boom. And on that note, we'll see you next Next week. week.